morning. Happy Thursday. I'm Craig. Welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up. It is Thursday, September 7th, 2023. It is also day 250 of 2023. Our readings today are Psalm 106, 1 through 15, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15, and Isaiah 14 through 16. We'll just jump right, right into it with Psalm 106. Now, like many psalms, it's a psalm of praise. Did a little bit of consulting with ChatGPT this morning, as I was wondering, where does the word psalm come from? If you were wondering that too, you're not going to wonder much longer, because I'm going to tell you. Psalm has its roots in the Greek word psalmos, which originally referred to the sound made by twanging a string on a musical instrument. Makes sense. Psalms are a lot of times sung. Psalmos itself is derived from the word pullion, which means to pluck. And there you go. Anyway, here the psalmist wants to be remembered, quote from verse 4, when you show favor to your people. Notice the psalmist is saying not if, but when demonstrating the underlying faith of the psalmist. Now, he admits the people have done wrong, but the Lord still saved them, rescuing them from the Egyptians. But the people forgot this, resulting in God sending a plague, along with what they asked for. Now, the psalm doesn't say what they asked for, but I'm wondering if I'm remembering correctly when the people were really upset about not having meat that God sent the birds, the quail, I think they were. But weren't some of the quail infected in the plague? I think, I think so. I think so. In any case, it, it demonstrates what we desire can have negative consequences. New Testament, we pick up the story in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Now, Paul notes, quote, from verse 7 here, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Again, more direction on the blessing of giving. God will then provide you with all that you need, Paul says. Don't worry about it. Not necessarily all that you want, but all that you need. That's my ad there. So many times it's like we think that God doesn't answer our prayers, but we're praying for things that we want, but not necessarily what we need and not part of God's plan. Now, two good things result from giving from the heart. One, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. And I would say that in today's world, that would be the church. Church doesn't have like some magical pile of money that it just keeps on accessing. Can't print money like government. It exists because of the gifts of the members of the church. And second, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. 
Recently, our church announced a summer shortfall of gifts, and this isn't unusual. It's um, it's it's usually taken into the budgeting process, but sometimes there's more folks that go travel, and the summertime is just, I would imagine, because I don't do this, but I would imagine the summertime for budgeting purposes is hard to predict. Without hesitation, as our pastor was saying this, a number popped into my head that I should give as an additional offering. And the next day or two, I did. We we do our giving online. We don't, I don't think many churches pass a, an actual physical collection plate anymore. I might be, might be wrong with that. And, and, and maybe that's one of the better outcomes of COVID in that, you know, when you give online, it, it is relatively easy to set an amount and to set a recurrence. You could do it every month. Uh, you probably do it every week. You can set up the recurrence, whatever you want. But in this sense, it probably, I'm only guessing here, but it probably smooths out some of the ebbs and flows in in the giving to the church, which makes the church, whatever church that you go to, makes the church easier to budget, which is important because um, the more steady that your income is, the better you can plan ahead. Now, you may be asking, why am I spending so much time on something which seems rather secular? It, 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 it really isn't. That's the whole point, I think, of this reading, is that giving is an expression of worship. And it's not that you're giving to... Th- th- there's this negative connotation about giving, that you're lining the pockets of, of mega-church-rich pastor and there are some churches that that is actually the case and unfortunately that that the pastors are taking advantage of their position as a pastor maybe not directly through a salary but they're using the influence for their own financial benefit i don't agree with that but as I said before, the building, the church, cannot exist. You can't have the functions. You can't help with the ministries unless the people give. I think our pastor said something like, um, somewhere along the lines of like um, 35% who attend church don't even give anything. And 45% give less than $200 a year. That leaves... 20% to subsidize the church. People are missing a huge opportunity there to express express worship. So sometimes the next time you go into church and you hear them talking about giving, don't have what I used to have, the initial reactions like, oh, church is just about giving. Think about the practicality behind it. It takes an awful lot. In time, this world, the material world, to run a church and its missions in this imperfect world where we need to help others. All right, I'm going to get off that tangent. I don't know how I got on it. Um, Old Testament, we're in Isaiah still. We're going to be in Isaiah for a long time because it's a long book, fascinating book. Isaiah 14, the Lord will have mercy on the descendants of Jacob, restoring them to the land. Quote from verse 2, the nations of the world will 
help the people of Israel to return. See the United Nations General Assembly Resolution 181, passed November 29th, 1948. Thank you, ChatGPT. In this day, Babylon will be brought down. I think it may be possible that we are currently living in this day. Remember my remark about the first Gulf War a few days ago? Maybe it was yesterday. Time flies. And also remember that time to God is not the same as time to us. And I've said that many times before recently, so I won't go down that path. The message of destruction is applicable to Assyria and Philistia. Philistia? Philistia. Note, I read this to say that the other nations will not again inhabit or rule over Israel. I see all this about God protecting his people. This is not about Israel going out and conquering other lands. In fact, I think it's fair to say that that has never been a push by the country of Israel now 70, what, 75 years. I guess they'll be celebrating their 75th anniversary this year. Okay. Isaiah 15 continues messages from the Lord beginning with Moab's destruction. Quote from verse 5, my heart weeps for Moab. I'm not clear if this is God's heart or Isaiah's heart. Isaiah 16 continues Moab's woes. Then Isaiah says, when peace returns, quote from verse 5, then God will establish one of David's descendants as king. He will rule with mercy and truth. He will always do what is just and is be eager to do what is right. Now, I'm not sure if this refers to the coming of Jesus. This is one of those items of like spend a year digging into Isaiah <laughs> it sounds that way but there's there's also I I am I am very acutely aware that there is a danger of misinterpreting the Bible to make it seem or say what we wanted to remember this whole thing about prayer it's a good idea and I don't do this as often as I should but before reading the Bible we all should really pray that the Spirit will guide us in our understanding of the words that we're about to read. I did not do that this morning. I need to remember to do that. More woes for Moab follow, ending with verse 14, quote, But now the Lord says, within three years, counting each day, the glory of Moab will be ended. And also ended is today's podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day. We'll pick it up at the end tomorrow like we always do. And until then, my prayer for you is that you walk by the Spirit. Take care. Mm -hmm.